Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The week ahead with CNBC on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Time now to check in with our friends from CNBC to look ahead to the week. And this morning we have on the line CNBC's Emily Tan. Good morning, Emily. Very good morning. What an interesting week it's going to be. Starting today, we have Japanese or the new Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, expected to take over today. Let's talk about market reaction. And also, you know, there's been talk about potential stimulus. What are you hearing? Yeah, we are going to be watching this and uh, the changes to the Prime Minister or the election of him uh, is expected around midday today, Singapore-Hong Kong time. Uh, so Fumio Kishida, 64 years old, this is a former foreign minister, won the Liberal Democrats' leadership contest and at an extraordinary diet session today, he's going to be elected as Japan's 100th Prime Minister after a parliamentary vote. He will also launch his cabinet and is said to appoint a prime ministerial advisor to assist in crafting national strategy and to block a technology drain. He's expected to retain the foreign minister as well as the defense minister uh, as a part of uh, continuity. Together with his cabinet, they face the challenge of rejuvenating economic growth. His first policy speech to the Diet is scheduled for Friday, October the 8th, and he's going to be taking Q&A from party leaders from October the 11th to the 13th. The prime minister is expected to dissolve the House of Representatives on October the 14th, and that's in preparation for a general election either on November the 7th or 14th. Those are some of the dates being tossed around. The timing may be juggled around Kishida attending the G20 summit in Rome at the end of the month. Now, a couple of things we want to watch here. Uh, Kishida made a lot of tough statements on China to win votes. Uh, in his campaign, he said countering China would be a top priority and to work closely with the U.S. and other like-minded democracies. Uh, Japan has also welcomed Taiwan's application to join the CPTPP. Japan is the chair this year, but interesting is because China also applied and called on the 11 members to oppose Taiwan's application. We're also watching Japan's role in the Quad. Uh, that includes the U.S., Australia, and India. So it's going to be, of course, a landmark day as uh, Japan gets a new prime minister today, and we'll be watching those events. Emily, oil is on the radar with eyes on the OPEC Plus meeting, which I'm sure you're watching as well. Oil prices, of course, pushing three-year highs as OPEC decides its production targets going forward. Is there enough demand for more supply, Emily? We're going to be watching OPEC Plus as uh, we've seen oil prices trend higher for six straight weeks now. They're going to be discussing the November output at today's meeting, and this comes as we have energy shortages in the U.K. and in China. We've been watching Brent crude currently trading at around 78 U.S. dollars, and as you already mentioned, at a three-year high, up 50% this year. We expect OPEC ministers to maintain a steady pace to raise supply, but producing more will obviously help to reduce prices. If they stick to plans to increase production by 400,000 barrels per day in October, it would not be enough to meet growing demand, and we could see prices soaring above $90 per barrel. Uh, That's according to some oil traders. Any increase smaller than 600,000 barrels should boost prices. OPEC Plus is known for its surprises. The market is a little concerned 
uncertain, it says, about the meeting's outcome. So we'll be watching OPEC Plus today as well. Hey, Emily, the next FOMC meeting is in November. But ahead of that, there's already a bit of a shake-up at the Federal Reserve. Regional Presidents Robert Kaplan and Eric Rosengren, who traded the markets last year. So we've got one of them retiring last week and the other retiring this week. So what's the latest here? Yeah, and we also had some news at the weekend. Vice Chair Richard Clarida had traded some stocks on the eve of a Powell's pandemic statement that was back in February 27, 2020. So uh, he becomes the third in terms of uh, making trades. And uh, we're watching the two Fed officials that had already announced their retirement. Uh, first was Eric Rosengren, retiring last week on Tuesday, pointing to a long-term health condition. And he's been at the Boston Fed since 2007. Dallas Fed President Robert Kaplan is set to step down on Friday this week, setting a distraction of the controversy over his investments. Kaplan has been with the Dallas Fed for six years. They are two among 12 regional Fed presidents that get rotating seats on the Monetary Policy Committee that sets rates. Both said that their investments trades were cleared by ethics officers and did not violate Fed policy. Jerome Powell is nearing the end of his term, as we know, which expires in February and is under consideration for reappointment as Fed chief. These latest departures could allow for a more diverse group for Fed bank presidents. The current makeup is seven white men, three white women, and two non-white men. So we will be watching who the replacements are and what, of course, happens to Richard Clarida and then what happens to Jerome Powell as well. But we still have a couple months left until his term ends. Okay, we've been speaking with CNBC's Emily Tan. Emily, appreciate your time this morning. Take care and stay safe. Thanks. Have a good week. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.